Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Well, the long-awaited trade of a quarterback has finally been made. That's right. Baker Mayfield is on the move to the sunny state of Carolina. Don't you feel Which like, Carolina is it in, by the way? It's in North It's in <laughs> Charlotte, for sure. But don't you feel a little bit offseason? We had yeah, the Aaron Rodgers signing and the Russell Wilson trade within, what, 24 hours, if not less than, of each other. And here we were saying, well, this is the best offseason of all time because we had that and we had the Tyreek Hill signing and the Devontae Adams trade. And then the tide started to wait a little bit. Yeah, things, things kind of cooled, cooled down. Yeah. down. You would hear some trades, but no really big names. And not to say that Baker Mayfield is a huge name, but it has huge implications for this season. Yeah, I don't. He's not the biggest name. It's, it's even at the like you mentioned Russell Wilson at the position. It's not the biggest name that moved this year, but this is the most dramatic of the moves that we've seen for sure because of what it relates to Cleveland, their whole yeah. situation with Watson. I would still their I would, fallout with Baker being mm-hmm. so public all off season, and once the Watson thing happened, I mean. They really did Baker Mayfield dirty. I mean, there's no other way you could put it. I would still argue the Russell Wilson thing is hugely dramatic because I don't think anyone thought the They'd, best player in franchise history yeah. would ever leave the franchise. But given the background story with Cleveland and Baker this year, yeah, you could easily say the 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 antics or the the drama of the Baker trade really rank at number one. Before we get into you know the trade itself, his new landing spot, what it means for Cleveland, just Taking a look at his career as a Brown, I mean, it's amazing to me that I don't want to call him a hit when it comes to the first overall pick because he's not Joe Burrow. He's not, you know, Andrew Luck. I call it a bust considering you're uh, a first-round pick uh, and you were traded within four years for a uh, fifth-round pick. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to call him a bust because here's why. Yes, you want more from your first overall pick. I will absolutely give you that. But look at the track record the Browns have had at drafting quarterbacks from any position in the draft. Number one, first round, second round, anywhere they pick, they cannot hit on anybody at all. Like, not even remotely hit. Baker wasn't a home run, and you want to hit home runs when you're picking number one overall, especially when you take that position. He was at least a seeing-eye single, though. He was at least a double and a runner on base. Like, for the first time, they've actually gotten the quarterback position, I don't want to say absolutely right, but but they didn't get it wrong with him. One playoff game, uh, he was the leader of that renaissance in Cleveland, and 
Although he wasn't the world-beating quarterback that we saw at Oklahoma winning the Heisman and expected to be the guy leading the franchise, he was good enough to get them to a winning season, to get them to a playoff game against the Steelers, and, and win to that win game. that playoff game against the Steelers. And then this is how they do him. Like, the first time you actually didn't strike out on your quarterback pick, You're four gone years later four you years. ship him out, you bring in a guy with a very sketchy off-the-field record. Who could easily not play for exactly. you his entire first season with the team. It's like they always raise themselves in being the <laughs> Cleveland Browns. Like, you think... Oh, it's like a hold my beer situation. Yeah, you're like, oh, you think we're bad at picking quarterbacks? Well, watch this. We're actually going to not do terrible for once, but then we're going to just completely blow it up in three years' time. And it's totally their fault. It wasn't yeah. Baker. Sure, Baker's stats and numbers weren't fantastic this year, but there's still, as a young guy, room for growth, and I know teams can be very impatient, but you're the Cleveland Browns. I mean, you guys have had zero success since when? Since... Before the NFL AFL merger, essentially, you haven't had success since your team came back after you left. Right in the nineties, yeah. right? You have been one of the worst, if not the worst, franchise in football and all of football. And here you are. You finally, as you said, you after that jersey. You remember that long jersey of, of quarterbacks for the Browns? You had you, 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 the you best pop, one on there for right? sure. Yeah, you can't even add, you can't add Watson. It has to be a quarterback who's played for you and who is and who has thrown an NFL pass. So you can't even add Watson to that list. So I think easily Mayfield is the best guy on that list. And yet, to your point, Tom, you, it was totally their fault, right? They said, we don't want him here. That, Baker Baker obviously felt uncomfortable there. That's why he made that public statement. And I think the Browns wanted to approach it once he made that statement saying, well, we're the victims here. Baker <laughs> hates us. We don't hate Baker, which is obviously not the case. And they, as you said, they just blew it up within four years, all gone. Not to say that they were blowing up a Tom Brady-like situation, but they had a starter. They had a guy who, for the first time in probably since the franchise came back, was able to start more than one full season for the team. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, it's not just that you decided to move on from Baker because uh, I don't think he's, you know, an all-world caliber quarterback, but... I think he's in the top 20 as far as the NFL starters are concerned right now, which means I think he deserves a starting job. So if you were going to go out and pursue an upgrade aggressively like the Browns did, uh, dropping that much guaranteed money into someone's lap that is pretty questionable, honestly, whether or not he'd play this year or not, you know, that's as aggressive as it gets. If you're going to do that, you're going to pursue that upgrade, that's fine. I, I'm all for it. You you always need to be trying to improve, especially at that position. But, again, it's like you kind of alluded to. It's the way they went about it, like with the whole, like, you know, we're not going to trade you. We, we didn't have a very open dialogue about this beforehand. And, and I guess, you know, maybe I'm coming off as a little soft and saying, oh, well, why do the players need to know everything that the front office is doing? I don't think they do, but I think when it's a move of this magnitude and he's your guy, I mean, really your franchise guy at that point, he deserves a little bit of a clue that, hey, maybe it's time to mutually part ways. But at the same time, I don't think the Browns wanted to mutually part with I think the Browns' plan all along this year, if they could have had it work out for their own interest, was sign Deshaun Watson. He probably gets suspended for at least four games. Mm -hmm. Baker starts those four games. Then Deshaun comes in. Baker's the backup for the year. Once that contract plays out with Baker, just walk away. You can go sign somewhere else. But they wanted to have that security blanket. And for them to be that naive to think that something like that would work, I mean— Maybe if Baker Mayfield was in the Joe Flacco stage of his career when Lamar came in and he's 
way past his prime. The mm-hmm. tread's almost off the tire. He's a complete veteran backup kind of guy. Then that could have worked. Baker, and quite frankly, I want to see him play again in the starter's role somewhere else, still has something to prove, still has a ceiling that he can reach. There's still potential there that he could tap into. We've seen him do that. You know, the year they made the playoffs, that last half of that season, he was one of the right. best quarterbacks in the NFL. So he's definitely shown the talent to do it at this level. So I just think it's incredibly naive to think that a guy like that would be totally comfortable serving as just the placeholder, turning things over to Deshaun, being the backup for the rest of the season. He's he's not at that stage of his career yet. No one who was is still on the rookie contract wants ever to do wants that to ever. Do that. Yeah. So I don't understand why the Browns thought maybe that would be, you know, a viable option and then when he made it clear that that wouldn't be for them to just keep stringing him along and stringing him along was it was it was one of the more wild ways to handle one of the most volatile situations I've seen in a long time. But does at the it shock position. you at all? No, again, it's the that Browns. It was the Browns who did. The Browns are the Browns, like our friend Juju said. Like even when they don't completely flail and miss at the quarterback spot, they they, they just blow it up in their face somehow. And now. You're in a spot when you're Cleveland where we don't know what Deshaun Watson's suspension is going to be, if there is even going to be one. Uh, it's a little worrisome that we haven't heard anything from the league yet. They had a hearing last week. It lasted about three days. That's been done for a while now, and we still don't have that official ruling yet. So still kind of hanging over the air there. But now your guy is Jacoby Brissett, who's going to be the backup to Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson does get suspended, you've moved on from Baker Mayfield now, which you, you absolutely had to do. I mean, they're in a really tough spot to the point where if Deshaun doesn't play, I know Jacoby can kind of be a decent placeholder, but you're looking at probably a wasted season in 2022 for the Browns. And how much more can you afford of wasting seasons of Miles Garrett's prime, of Nick Chubb's prime, of... of of all the talented pieces on the offensive lines prime that you've assembled. You know, you got to start kind of winning now. I think that's what the Deshaun Watson move was kind of motivating them to do. Is mm-hmm. This guy's ready to win now if he can play. And now you're at the point where I think you're probably, and again, it's a little concerning that the suspension hasn't come down, but you're probably looking at the very least half of a season of Jacoby Brissett starting now. And that's at the minimum. I I'd think say so. At this point, it sounds, every day that passes, it sounds like, the, the suspensions are getting longer. It could be the whole season. I've heard some people say it could be the rest of his career. There's no way this guy. I don't is think getting, that'll happen. But there's no I've way this it. guy is getting out. I mean, it, it it very well could be though because you've seen guys who have done terrible things, and I think it was Jerry Dulac who pointed it out. It's all about the video evidence, right? Once the in the same season that Ray Rice and Adrian Peterson both got suspended, it was Ray Rice who was exiled from football because it was the, the video, elevator yeah. footage of him with his fiance or girlfriend. We never saw that footage of Avery, Adrian Peterson and his son. If there is anything out there that could further damage the, the reputation of Deshaun Watson, I think it's very likely that it could be the end of his career, but that won't happen until that content is, is found or released. And I don't think it will be found. Yeah, I, I mean, we have no idea because we had no idea the Ray the Ray Rice footage was out there until it it was suddenly there and then everyone was watching it. But it's very likely getting back to this season that the Browns, as you said, are likely going to have to punt. And maybe they're okay with that because they still gave Deshaun Watson all this guaranteed money for a multi year contract. Not just it wasn't just a one year deal. It was a multi-year deal, so maybe they're saying we're okay with it. We screwed the pooch with Baker. 
We know Deshaun won't play this year, but we're going to have him for the foreseeable future, and he's good enough to elevate the rest of the team. Except for the fact, Tom, that I don't really know if he is because we look back to the the 2020 season when he still led the league in, in, uh, in passing, passing yards. yards, threw for over 5,000 yards that season, and he still had a, a decent team around him. He had J.J. Watt on his defense when J.J. Watt was healthy. I think he made the second-team All-Pro that year, for sure made the Pro Bowl, and yet they still only won four games that season. So are you really telling me that the Browns are really that much better in Cleveland now than the Houston Texans were in 2020 when they had a, a, a much younger Deshaun Watson, a Deshaun Watson who, say he doesn't play this season, Tom, right? Mm-hmm. Say he doesn't play the entire 2022 season. He comes back in 2023. How many times have you seen an NFL player not play a single down in two consecutive seasons and come back and was the same person? Especially now that he is, he was drafted in what, 2017? So he's getting a little bit older. I'm not sure if he's really at 30 yet. He was born in 1995, so he's turning 27 this year. So he'll be 28 by next year. So, yeah, still on the right side of things, but to... To miss so to miss two years consecutively in your youth is a lot harder to really come back from than most people would give it credit for. And so I think the Browns are maybe saying to themselves, yeah, okay, we'll go this year without him, but they're not really looking down the line as, as to saying how damaging two full years could be away from the game. And that's kind of going into what I'm saying as being a lost year. So say he does get like an eight-game suspension or something like that. He comes back. Their bye week is week nine, so say he comes back week ten after the bye, it might take him until week thirteen, week fourteen to really you know knock the rust off and start feeling close to his old. You know that you got like two or three games left before the playoff. But that in those first eight weeks, you have the Steelers in week three at home, and then in week seven and week eight, you have the Ravens and the Bengals. So there's the potential of him missing three of the six divisional games. You go zero and three there you're pretty much digging the hole way too deep to climb out of in the short amount of time that he'd be back and and probably the amount of time it would take for him to not only be back but knock some of that rust off and start looking like the quarterback that they gave all that guaranteed money to. So, yeah, I, I think that they're in a real tough place right now if you're Cleveland. And it might be getting to the point where if you're a Browns fan – you're still holding on to optimism. You're still holding on to, oh, maybe it's a four-game suspension. Maybe there is no suspension. Mm. Uh, and, and you have to keep thinking that if you're their fan until something actually concrete gets handed down. But it might be starting to think, like, you know, maybe 2023 is the year when that yeah. full-year suspension, if it is, or half a year is served, he can play a full season. And maybe that's, you know, like you said, punting on 2022. And, again, the division is such a bear, and the AFC is such the a AFC bear. AFC total. Like, I mean, you're talking about coming back in week eight, right? Say, say that's it. Say he just come, misses half the season. Do you know what the schedule is following once he comes back, Tom? There's just, doesn't get much easier. It's just tough. You got games. the Dolphins on the road, the Bills on the road, and the Bucks at home. Those are all losable games, especially if Deshaun Watson's coming back without a single snap with the team after that bye week, right? An actual yeah. NFL snap. And then, you know, you get your homecoming at Houston, but then you got to go to Cincinnati, Baltimore again. And New then Orleans you got at the, home, and then Steelers, Steelers on the road to end, end it all. Season, yeah. Which is never going to be easy playing at the Steelers. That's probably could very well have wild card implications for the Steelers or for both teams at that mm-hmm. point. So, And if it's in Pittsburgh and the Steelers are fighting for a playoff spot, it's very unlikely they, they just fold on that game and give it up. Do you think that the Browns, with all of this, you know, 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Drama around it and all of these problems that are connected to Deshaun Watson off the field. I know that he's an upgrade at the position, just in a vacuum, on the field. Major upgrade. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in football. At least he was the last time we saw him play. Do you think they would have been better served going into this year, forgetting about Watson? Let's do one more try with Baker. Let's see if we can, you know, maybe adjust our offense a little bit to being a more Tennessee Titans-esque kind of team where we run, 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 and then run some more. Down by, what was it, like 20 points against the Seahawks on the road last year? The Titans still just ran the ball the entire second half and still won the game. Like, maybe you adjust that way. You make it a lot easier on Baker Mayfield. First read, second read kind of things, and then that's it. Take off, run, throw mm-hmm. the ball away. Don't really overcomplicate the offense for him. Do you think they might have been a little better served approaching it that way in 2022? And then if he legitimately is, you know, busting and there's no hope for him to be the guy we saw in that second half of the season when they made the playoffs in 2020, then you move on in the 2023 offseason and explore some other options. I, I do personally think that, that's probably was their best route here. Just give Baker one more year, see if he can compete with the Burrows and the Jacksons of the world and the Steelers' defense, and and see if he can give the Browns at least life in the playoff race for a full 18-week season and maybe sneak in as a wild-card team. And then if that doesn't happen, if you don't like what you see, you know you can move on in this offseason. I think that should have been their approach. And it's funny. Like, we're talking right now, like, maybe that would have been a wasted season if Baker mm-hmm. proves to not be good. But now you're kind of in that same boat now anyway, and you don't even have the potential of a Baker being good and it being a good season anyway. So I think it depends on what the Browns would prefer. Would they prefer the devil they know or the devil they don't? Because they could say, well, we know Deshaun Watson used to be this great talent. He hasn't played in two years, but we'll keep him on reserve, and then we'll hope that he returns in 2023 with this incredible talent that we saw in the early stage of his, his career. Or do they say... the? In the hypothetical that you're you're pr- proposing, do they punt on the season, still with Baker, and just say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna do the best we can, and if we don't, there are eight quarterbacks that we can value as a first round draft pick value. Do we just say we'll see how Baker does? If he does as we expect him to do, which isn't great, we'll draft this quarterback who we think could be great, and go with him. Right, So it's do you punt on the talent that you know has started in the NFL but has had issues off the field and could easily be an issue with him moving forward for the rest of his career? Or do you say we want to go with Baker just so that we can not waste, what, $250 million guaranteed 
to a guy who won't even play for a, a season with us and then take another risk on another quarterback in the draft. You said you think it would be smarter to not necessarily to go with that quarterback, but just to go with Baker for another year. I think it's a tough call because if Deshaun Watson comes back, say the Browns don't go with Deshaun and he he's he skips out in 2022, he signs with another team for 2023, and Deshaun Watson comes back and he's this all-pro talent that he was to start his NFL career, the Browns would be kicking themselves saying, well, we hung around with Baker Mayfield for another year just to let this guy go play for another team. I think that's the only way the Browns do that. I, I To me, Tom, I think that maybe you're right in that they should have kind of waited another year with Baker, but to me, it, it seems like the Browns are just so confident in the decisions, even though there's not always the right decisions that they make, that this was never going to be something that they passed on. Now, here's another interesting hypothetical that just popped into my mind. Say that Jacoby Brissett plays for the majority or maybe all of the 2022 (laughs) season, and the Browns find themselves staring at a top 10 pick in this draft. We know how loaded this draft class is at quarterback. Do you Maybe kick the tires on one of the rookies and bring them in, and maybe they if, if Deshaun can play in 2023, maybe they sit behind him for a, a year or two, and then you kind of build your bridge between you know Deshaun Watson and uh, the next guy. I don't know, you know, I don't know what they would be inclined to do. I'll, I'll, at I'll that say point. this: if they do that, if they go with the rookie, even though they have Deshaun Watson, I'm hating my life if I'm that rookie, unless. They decide that, you know, you were suspended for a year. This stuff is still kind of hanging over you. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise we'll me that the Browns from, just But you can't give, move on from a guy you gave $250 million. That's the so thing, though, stuck. Tom, is that it wouldn't surprise me if the Browns said, well, we gave you $250 mil, but we like this other guy. Yeah, this guy comes with a lot less baggage, and he's a lot And they cheaper. just punt on a quarter of a billion dollars. They're in such a tough spot because, like, to their own fault. Even it's if it's you, absolutely their own fault. Even if you did move on from Baker but didn't bring in Deshaun and just tried to tank the season, I don't know if their team is bad enough overall to completely tank. Like, I think you're going to see a little bit of Steelers-esque things going on well, here. How many, Same, how many uh, games did they win last year? Seven? Yes. I think you're going to see a little bit of 2019 Steelers going on here when it comes to if Jacoby starts or not. I think well, that's first of all, Jacoby's them... better than both the quarterbacks the Steelers had in 2019. Right. Then also... I think that the but defense is, it, is so good in getting better in Cleveland. The running game is so strong, and the mm-hmm. line is so good that even if you wanted to bottom out, win four or five games, get a top five, top ten pick, and pick one of these stud quarterbacks, your roster just might not let that happen. Like Their defense is going to win them a couple games on their own. Their running game will win them a couple games on its own. So my counter to that is that I think we're giving a little too much credit to the on-paper team. Because the Steelers on paper in twenty seven in twenty nineteen weren't nearly as good as an eight win team normally is. I think made his first big splash as a I'm gonna be defensive player of the year one year. Cam Hayward, as we've noted, not, maybe not that year, but we've noted that as his career has evolved, he's gotten better with age, and he was maybe hitting his stride in his old age and in the second half of his career possibly. And then the rest of the defense, it was the first year where Bud Dupree really came into his own. It was the first year that Minka Fitzpatrick joined the team. So, 19, you would never expect that the Pittsburgh Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger can win 
eight games, right? Mm-hmm. But you have guys emerge on defense. Deontay Johnson all of a sudden makes the makes the All Pro team as a rookie. So I think that it's only likely for that to happen when a team is really just completely uh, thrown out, right? No one is is assuming they do anything of significance whatsoever. With the Browns, it 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 is the total opposite. How many times in the last three or four years in the Baker era have we seen the Browns crown themselves as off-season Super Bowl champions? Almost every year. That's ever since 2019, I'd say. Right. Yeah. When they, they drafted him in 2018, he had a rocky first year, but then 2019 he came in and really made some noise. 2020, 2019 was also when they started to get, you know, 2020, they really started to to evolve and and, and have some real playmakers. And they won the playoff game and they they almost won in Kansas City. And so they come into 2021 and say, oh my gosh, well, we we have to. We're next, right? We're next. And then they had their worst season in Baker's tenure there. So it wouldn't shock me at all, Tom, if, if you're the one saying, well, on paper, they should be really great. But to me, Tom, it's not so much that the team is holding it up, but it's it's the logo that brings them down. <laughs> That's been the case forever for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even with this Deshaun Watson, like even if Deshaun Watson does play, uh, say he even plays a full season, I don't think it's a guarantee that they would be better than the Steelers or not finish in fourth place. You know, I think I think that basement of the division is going to be between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. I do. Yeah. I, I think Cincy and Baltimore are going to be at the top. But when you call it a basement, you can only call it that. Yeah, because... it's, it's relative. It's not the same as the AFC East basement or something right. like that. It, it's a much or the it's AFC a, it's South. A fin- it's a, a finished basement yes, with a television yes, yeah, and an right. air conditioning unit down there. It's it's beautiful. But yeah, it's it's going to be between those two teams. And again, even with Watson playing, say, uh, are only missing four games. Uh, playing 13 of them or or say he plays in most of the games maybe all of them I still think there's a chance that the Steelers could beat them that they could still finish it in last place in the division just because last year you know I I get that Baker had a pretty big hand in the pie for their failures but you kept letting him bake the pies you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. you kept letting him lead the offense when Stefanski needed to just he needed to tone it back he needed the game against the Steelers was an absolute illustration of this. He was throwing the ball like crazy in that first half, and they barely were running the ball with Chubb, despite Chubb having success every time he would touch the ball. So, like, I don't get why they were so infatuated with the NFL is played like a passing league these days. We have to be a passing team if we want to have any success. Uh, to a degree, I think you're right. I think if you don't have a legitimate passing game, you probably won't win a Super Bowl. Uh, Titans are kind of proving that right now. Mm-hmm. Strongest running game in football. They can't get further than the AFC Championship game with that. But I, I think you know you got to kind of play the hand that you're dealt, like Titans are too. And even though if you're Stefanski and in the back of your head you're saying, I can't win a Super Bowl without a, le- a legitimate passing game, you got to at least know, hey, I don't have that, so maybe try my luck at just a run-heavy offense and at least I can get a ticket to the dance and get in. So even if Watson's there and, you know, say he's playing great, I don't know if I trust the coaching staff, and like you said, I don't know if I trust that logo to really make a stride forward into being division contenders, conference contenders, and then eventually Super Bowl contenders. You know what's funny, Tom? The logo, of course, is what you look to first, and that makes you scared about a team's success. The Browns being maybe the worst case of that. Yeah. Well, it's also just the ugliest. It's just an orange helmet. I mean, come on. 
But it's also the his yes, that's true. But the history of that logo is giving you no hope or, or no reason to hope for the better for that team. And then I think you're right with Kevin Stefanski. He may be the greatest criminal in all of this, <laughs> right? He may be the biggest person to blame because of his coaching style. And you know what's so interesting to me, Tom, is, yeah, okay, Baker never really won anything. Maybe he got to a Pro Bowl once during his time with Cleveland. Kevin, uh, excuse me, Kevin Stefanski won Coach of the Year. And considering that's probably the only time anyone in Cleveland has won anything since they returned in 1990, 1999, I believe it was, there's no reason there, – there has been no reason to bring anyone back because no one's accomplished really anything. Kevin Stefanski finally does something. Wins Coach of the Year in, what was it, 2020? And yeah, then the, the very year next year – The very next year, he fumbles the ball. They win seven games. The very next year after that, he and his front office say, hey, let's go give this guy $250 million just for him to sit on our bench for the entire first year he's with the team. It would – I, I really don't know which way to go, Tom, because it's Cleveland, but it's also Cleveland. Do they punt on Kevin Stefanski and say, well, you've only been here for a couple of years, and the, and the standard for the league is, yeah, you can win coach of the year, but if you don't do anything within two years of that, you're, you're, you're easily as expendable as anybody else on this team? Or is it the same, the opposite, where, oh, we're Cleveland, yeah, he won coach of the year, and he went out and won seven games the next year, went out and won six games the next year with a quarterback on his bench. We're going to keep him around because we believe in him because we we think his coaching style is really great, even though his coaching style is what has lost him some key games in order to, especially late in the season, trying to make a playoff push. It, I, I really don't know where they're going to lean toward Kevin Stefanski. If I were Cleveland, if if, if anyone in Pittsburgh was Cleveland, I think the, the, the problems that you have with Baker Mayfield were – were non-negotiable. It clearly that was a burn bridge, and you couldn't work past it. You couldn't revive it, so you had to part ways. But Kevin Stefanski, to me, is also a root of many problems. To me, if I were Cleveland, I would give him maybe one more chance, maybe two, just because you know you're not going to have the right guy at quarterback this year, and just say, okay, if you can't do it for us the next year, you're not working for us. Remember the year he won Coach of the Year too. Did not coach in the playoff win against the Steelers because of COVID. Right. It's on his couch. Right. The assistants were able to do just as good of a job as he was in the biggest game uh, of their season that year. The biggest game of the franchises, right? Since 2001 when they lost to the Steelers in the playoffs? The NFL is such a self-serving machine, and they just fall into these lucky scenarios that makes you think that, is this the WWE? Is this scripted? Cleveland. At Carolina, week one. Week one. I know. <laughs> it's beautiful. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up this episode. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the Carolina side of things with the Baker deal. We'll kick around maybe that first round, our first week matchup, and how epic that's gonna be. And maybe talk a little bit of Steelers quarterback as well. So we'll do that in the next episode. As always, appreciate you guys giving us a listen. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opperman, and this has been the Steelers Stand. Live Nation presents Concert Week now through May 14th. Get twenty five dollar tickets to over five thousand shows. That's up to seventy five percent off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.